Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Collider Ladies Night. You have demanded it. And I am delivering right now because Olivia Scott Welch was kind enough to join me for a Collider Ladies Night, even though I have covered Fear Street to death. I'm so excited. I just can't stop covering your movies. Thank you. Thank you. I'm also convinced that even after we wrap up this interview, the love for these will stay alive because I know I shouldn't say this so early on. It's got to sink in. But this trilogy feels like a true instant classic to me. Thank you. Oh, that's very kind. That's very kind. I mean it. So I warned you. We start with our dice tower back there. I got eight questions here. Roll the die three times. And whatever questions I roll, that's what you're getting to start. Great. Okay. All right. I got a seven. Here's a good one for you. This one is called Scary Stuff. I know that you love horror in general, but what is the scariest movie you've ever seen? Like so scary that you don't ever want to watch it again? Oh, this is a good question. I think one that I watched and I was like, I don't have any interest in watching that again. No offense to anyone who made it. It was great. But the movie Raw, which is like a French um, like feminist horror movie, it was so good, but it was so gross that I like thought about it so much after and was like, I think that that was a a one and done for me, you know, even though it was really great. And like the direction was great. It's another female director, I believe. Julia DeCorneau. Yes. And I was like, this movie was so good. I understand the praise. I will not be watching it a second time. I'll tell people to watch it though. She's got another one coming out called Titan. (laughs) Oh my goodness, I just watched the trailer for that. That one looks incredible. I'm very excited. I'm very excited for that one. Have you ever seen the movie Martyrs? Because that's always my answer to this question. I don't think I have. It's a pretty good movie, but I feel like I was so unsettled and disturbed by the concept at the end that I'm like, all right, one and done, no more. Yeah, Yeah. that's how I was as a kid with um, Return to Oz. 
I was like that as like, I want to watch it now because I'm working on a movie and um, I'm like, I feel like we could pull some really great inspo from Return to Oz. But as a kid, I watched Return to Oz and I was like, not a lot of things upset me. This movie did. I have rewatched that. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's like a, a pretty like warped, weirdly disturbing movie, no matter what age you're at. But it's one of those ones that I can't stop watching. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's something that I've seen it as a kid once. And then I think, I think about it once a week and I have since I was like five and saw it or whatever. We got another one here. All right. We got a five. Five is role swap. If you could swap roles with anybody in the Fear Street trilogy, who would you choose and why? I feel like probably Josh because I took a quiz the other day. We got like a which character are you quiz, which was very big for all of us. We were like, oh, we've made it. Like we've solidified ourselves in pop culture enough that we have a quiz. Um, but I got Josh and I was like that. Yeah, I love a conspiracy theory. I love telling people about conspiracy theories. And so I do feel very kindred to Josh as a character. I feel like I might've taken that same quiz and I might've got Sam. Yes, yes, that's so exciting. I can't remember what the reasoning or the description was, but but I can I can kind of see that. I feel, I feel like even with everything she goes through, she's like, she feels pretty like level-headed and stable and like she's internalizing everything in a, in a, a reasonable way. And whenever I try to picture myself surviving a horror movie, I feel like I'd be able to, you know, like, yeah, take a breath and put two and two together. Yeah, do it as Sam. No, I think that's kind of playing Sam. I was like, this, you know, this is also what I think I would be like if I accidentally got possessed. You know, like, I feel like we'd handle it the same way. I mean, given the outcome, I feel like that's pretty good. Yeah, I was like, she survives. You got one more here. This is so fun. This next one is called Fear Street One-on-One. -on -one. If you, I'm sure you've been asked this before, but I can't stop talking about it. My okay. answer changes it. If you could pick one Fear Street killer to go one-on-one -on -one against, who would you pick and why? Ooh, okay, this is good, though, because I've been asked, like, which one is my favorite, but not which one I think I could, like, survive against. And I think maybe, I don't know, who's the slowest one? Maybe, like, maybe Billy Barker, because you just take his baseball bat away, and then he's just a little boy, you know what I mean? So... I think maybe I babysat for a long time. So I'm like, I think I could figure this out, you know? I feel like most people have picked Billy because mm -hmm. he's like a tiny kid. And I'm not going to be like me and Nightwing in the octagon. Like that would just not, that wouldn't go well. I've been picking the pastor simply because mm -hmm. we don't see, we don't see how he runs or how he, you know, takes on his victims. So true. I feel like it's a false sense of hope that I could survive an attack. Also, yeah. he's blind. But now, yeah. But now I've changed my answer. Okay. My answer is now the Humpty Dumpty killer, simply mm. because I want to see the Humpty Dumpty killer, even though Lee explained to me what that was, and yeah. it sounds awful. Yeah. That was the one I remember seeing the movie cut together for the first time, and it does the clips. And I was like, no Humpty Dumpty killer? Couldn't have done one more day of second unit to get us a Humpty Dumpty killer? Come on. Has she explained to you what the Humpty Dumpty killer does? You know, I don't think she has. Does he push people off walls? Oh my God, I'm so happy you said that. I'm so like, right? 
during during like my press day interview with her, I went into uh-huh. like a laughing fit because that that is literally what I thought it was. Yeah. She told me it's someone who kills their victims and then stitches them together like Leatherface style, like Humpty Dumpty putting the pieces back together. And I'm just sitting there picturing a killer pushing people off ledges. Yeah, I was like, just don't sit on walls. You know what I mean? But yeah, if it's like a Silence of the Lambs Leatherface deal with skin, I don't want to meet, I don't want to meet that person. I don't really either, but I want more Fear Street. I know, me too. I'm like, well, let's introduce him. Fear Street 4. Let's bring in Humpty Dumpty Killer. I'm all for it. All right. It is time we get into the meat of the interview and we got to get to know you a little better and there's no better place to start than step one. What is the the movie, the performance, the personal experience, you name it, that first made you say, this is it. I have to be an actor. I feel, okay. I feel like there was probably like around age four. I was kind, I was kind of started to be allowed to like watch whatever movies I wanted to slash like my parents wanted to. So like my dad, like I remember my mom was like gone one day and he was like, we're going to watch the matrix because it's a great movie. And I know that like you as a kid, like the matrix is fun and we're going to watch, you know what I mean? So I think it was like, there was around that time I watched like the matrix for the first time and then um, Batman and Batman returns and Moulin Rouge and big fish and the twilight zone and i think like those kind of all are like basically combined into one experience in my brain because i would just kind of watch all of those all together all the time and just like cycle through them and i just wanted to i loved them all and then i like i got a i got a wizard of oz on maybe dvd one year for something and it had like behind the scenes on it and like interviews with um, the cast and like how they did the effects and the makeup and stuff. And then I got like a sense of like, oh, you like make these and you do all this stuff. And then I was like, I have to do this. Cause I would just watch. And then I just started watching like behind the scenes of movies, documentaries and like featurettes and stuff. And I got like obsessed. I was like, I want to see a camera work so bad. I got real nerdy about it. I love me some behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. Like, I like commentaries and deleted scenes. I love I'm like oddly addicted to B-roll though. Oh, I, I sit love there and watch B-roll. B-roll all day long. I love, I'm, I'm so happy you've said this. I love B-roll. I love, I was watching B-roll two days ago for, um, I can't remember what it was for, but I love B-roll. The minute I see a movie, I go on YouTube and I'm like, us, B-roll. So you decide you want to be an actor. It's one thing to decide that and try to take steps forward in that direction. It's like, it's like another level of the process to hit a point where you feel like, like you have your feet on solid ground. Like there's something attainable. It's the real deal. So do you remember whether it was a person you met or a gig you booked that made you feel like, like I am here and I can do it? Oh, this is a great question too. I went, so I started going to acting class um, when I was 11. And I knew, like, I really, really loved it. And I knew that I wanted to make movies, but I was really, really shy. I was like, not even shy. I was just like a really introverted kid. And just kind of like very, kind of like a low, like I wasn't like vulnerable with the public in any way. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't loud and like making jokes and stuff. So I think like when I started doing acting class, I was like, man, I'm going to have to really get through this to the other side to like do what I want to do. But 
I, yeah, I think like over the process of that. So I wasn't sure at the beginning if I could do it. And then I did like a, uh, like a, like a workshop one time with like one of the, one of the heads of DreamWorks. And this was when I was like 17 maybe, but she was like, I think you could win an Oscar someday. And I feel like, you know what I mean? Like I felt like my scene was really good and stuff. And it was very kind that she said that to like a 17 year old kid. But um, yeah, I think that was like really nice. And then I started to like just book little small projects here and there. And I booked a, a like a recurring, like a really small recurring role on Modern Family. And that was like one of the shows, it came out like the year that I started acting. And so I watched it every week to like try to get better at comedy. And then I like worked on that show and was like, wow, like this is so cool. Like this is a show that I had watched for so many years to like try to get better at acting. And now like I'm getting to act on it. And, and that was a really cool moment that felt very like full circle in a way. Another really cool one that you booked early on was Agent Carter. And yes. I know it's a, it's a small role, but it is a, it's a very, very big show. So yeah, maybe let's go with a twofold question on this one. Yeah. Given that that was one of your first very big sets, what's something that made you say, this is far easier or better than I ever expected? And then on the flip side, what is something that made you go, whoa, like I didn't realize this was going to be such a big challenge. I got to mm. work on this for my next thing. Oh, that's a good question. I feel like, so I like, I'm from a big, like my dad is a huge Marvel fan and like a huge like Disney fan. And so I remember like we would go like opening weekend to every Marvel movie and those started coming. I guess Iron Man came out when I was maybe like probably around the same time I started at like 11. And so I, yeah. So like when I booked Agent Carter, I was like, I, this is the MCU. You know what I mean? And I was like, this is so crazy. And I think there was a lot of like stuff around that where I like remember it's so like secretive and like I got like an email like the night before with like my sides and like the uh, like parts of the script and then like you you know what I and I was like oh this is such a big it's it's Marvel like this is such a huge thing but then it was like I got to set for that and I had done a pilot for Nickelodeon earlier in that year. And then I like, and, and it was really cool, but it was, it wasn't like, you know what I mean? Like it was a, a Nickelodeon show and it was really fun and, and very like cool. And everyone was so nice. And, but it wasn't like the stakes of a Marvel project. And then like working on Agent Carter that day, I was like, oh, this isn't so different than working on the Nickelodeon set. You know what I mean? And then it was kind of just a thing of like movies as movies. There's a video that I saw the other day from them filming A New Hope and and it's like Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill and they're like running through a corridor and then George Lucas is like cut and then they're like how was, can we go home like was that good enough and then he like looks at it and he's like oh, the boom mic was in it and they're like ah oh, and they have to do it again and I was like oh movies are all just the same no matter what scope that they're on which I think is really cool and that was something that like working on Agent Carter I was like this is really neat like it's just people making tv at the end of the day like no matter what the ip around it is but then also working on Agent Carter, yeah, like it did feel, um, it was so interesting to see all these people like devoting so much time to something that was so like beloved by the public. And that was something that was so interesting of like the writers were like so dedicated to like the source material and like the actors were so dedicated to like betraying these characters that have been around for like generations, you know what I mean? So that was really cool. And then just like the scope of it was so grand and that was something that I was like, whoa, like this is so, it, it, it is as unserious as it is, it is also so serious to make movies and like to do things that 
are for the public and like make people so emotional and you know what I mean? Like that people really love, which was cool. It was cool. Like to do all of that in one day. You definitely got a heavy dose of that through Fear Street. <laughs> yeah. The, the love that that trilogy sparked is, is seriously like next level stuff. Yeah. Going, going back to something you just brought up, you mentioned the Nickelodeon pilot. I might be yes. forgetting something because having gone through your IMDb, there's a lot of titles there, but I'm assuming it didn't get picked up. No. So when you're first starting out, mm -hmm. you book a really cool Nickelodeon pilot, you get into yeah. it and then it doesn't go forward. How do you make sure to, to keep your spirits up and keep your focus on forging forward rather than getting yeah. you know, bummed out? Yeah, that was such an interesting, I think that was probably something that like in the long run, and for some reason, like I remember feeling the foresight of like, when I got the call that I didn't get picked up, I was like, I think that that's okay. Like, I feel like I'm still really young. And if this were to have come so easy, that could maybe hinder me in the future. And so, yeah, it was like something cool to where it was like, it was so fun doing it. And it's something that I like think about all the time because we filmed at like Paramount and like getting as like, like a, like a kid in high school to get to go every day to Paramount and like walk around and like, you know, like just get to like the way that Paramount smells is very specific. I don't even know how to describe it. It's maybe just me, but I'm like, it smells like it's haunted, but in the best way possible. And I hope every day that someone that all of you listening get to go to Paramount and smell it because it smells like it smells like an old studio. I need to go to Paramount first. You, you have started. to. I think you can take a tour. I'm like, just take one of those golf cart tours and smell the way that it smells. But I think it's because people are like building sets all the time and it's so like old and there's plants everywhere. I don't even know what it is about it. And I'm just kind of weird, but I'm like, it's got the most specific smell in the world. But yeah, working on that was so... Um, cool and I like loved I haven't done very much but I really love comedy and so getting to do comedy was so fun and like the just seeing that like just seeing like sets get built and stuff was so cool and it was just such like a bottle experience of like working on a stage that's like so famous and seeing them like build sets and getting to do like the rehearsals and then getting to the filming days like it was kind of a, a great first experience because everything was condensed down to like one month and I got to see everything like start to finish and so it was very, very cool. And then, yeah, when I found out that it didn't get picked up, I was like, weirdly, I was like, okay, like, I think that'll be fine. Because I gained so much from it as is. And by that time, too, like, I was like 18. And it was a thing, too, where I was like, I, my contract would have ended like now. You know what I mean? So in a way, I remember being like, okay, would I want to be doing that until into my, like, mid-20s? I don't know. So I was like, I think that this will be fine. And then quickly after that, I did like Agent Carter and Modern Family. So I was like, I feel like it's I'm I'm doing okay. Like I'm on some side of some kind of right path with all this. I have so many follow ups. I guess all right. For, first thing, you seem to have an eye for the behind the scenes of it all. And yes. again, when I was scrolling through your IMDb, I caught a title called Nineteen on Fire, and yes. then I noticed that Ryan was the director on that. Yeah, you're. I think you're credited as set dresser. So yeah, is the behind the scenes stuff of interest to you? And is is there going to be like a whole bunch of movies made by the Fear Street team? Because I kind of want to see that. Oh, I hope so. I really hope so. We're all so close and we all like constantly are trying to be in the same place and like always want to keep making things together. So I feel like it, we probably will because all of us are just really close and like, we're, I feel like there's just such a respect to each other as like artists, which I think is so cool. And yeah, like I've, I love Ryan and I've known them for years and getting to do that was so great. And yeah, I love, like, I really feel passionately about production.
And I would love to like move into being a producer and like producing a lot of things because it's just something that like makes so much sense in my brain. And I do, I feel like I have all this like behind the scenes knowledge and I'm like, I can't wait to put this somewhere and channel it into something productive and actually get something made. But yeah, I would love to like direct and I would love to produce and just really do anything. I would totally like, like production design something if I could. But that's the thing where I'm like, people went to college for that. Like, I'm not going to try to swoop in and take a job and costume design something randomly. Even as someone who went to film school, I think about that often though. And mm-hmm. like, I value my degree to no end. It was the right decision for me, but there's mm-hmm. so many people out there who just jump in and learn while they're out there in the field and get experience. So I feel like the the potential in any department for you is kind of limitless. Yeah. And I would love to, to just like work, um, even as to like assist on like all the, like on the show that I did panic, I like would try to shadow as many days as I could, just like different people. Because I was like, if I do want to produce and direct and stuff, I would love to know as much as I can about all of the different like departments. And just, you know what I mean? Because I feel like everybody's doing like such a high skill thing when you're on a set. And I was like, I'd love to know like the intricacies of that and to give credit where credit is due in the best ways I can, you know? Okay, I'm going to try to go back to another another <laughs> follow-up I had. It it pertain, it connects to the idea of auditioning for something and not yeah. booking the role. And the reason I wanted to bring this up is because Scream is my second favorite movie of all time. I read somewhere that you auditioned for Scream 5. Yes. I know you can't say anything about it, but I can't help myself. Can you yes. tell us anything about that audition process? It was, I did it during COVID. So it just like, I did my tape with Fred Heckinger. He like FaceTimed me. Um, that's how we, like Fred and I did all of our tapes together, all of quarantine. And he was in New York city and I was in Texas with my family. And so we would just it like, ver- like once our family, so we would do our tapes at like three in the morning and we would FaceTime each other once our families had like gone to bed. And then I would be in like my dining room with a ring light set up. And then I would FaceTime him on my computer and I would like tape it in and he would read my auditions with me and I'd read his with him. And um, it was really fun. Like we were talking about it the other day. We we're like, what a sweet time for us to have done something so fun together. But yeah, he read my audition with me and it was super fun. And yeah, it was something that I, I think I maybe did like two auditions for it or so. I didn't do very many, but I was just excited. It was one of those things where I was like, just the opportunity, but it was like, I was like, just to even get an audition for a, a Scream movie and know that it's getting made. And I love those directors so much. And I was like, I trust their casting and their filmmaking. And I'm very excited to see it. I feel the same way. I'm going to make the assumption that all the sides you got were fake because Scream is a history. I think so. They were very, yeah. Times. And they were very like ambiguous. Like it wasn't, they weren't really about anything. I don't even remember. Like I, there was just like three people and they were talking about like picking up food or something like that. Like it was very, very nonchalant. It's fun getting the fake, the movies. Cause I auditioned for Halloween too. And I remember like my audition for Halloween was like the most generic. It was like Anna and John talking about babysitting. And I was like, what movie is this? I was like, is this Halloween? And the casting director was like, maybe, I don't know. And I was like, tell me, is it? I know it is. I was like, I know it is. I know David Gordon Green's directing this movie. Tell me that it's Halloween. And they were like, I don't know. What cool auditions. So <laughs> yeah. just as a, as a Scream fan, do yeah. you have any big theories? It's like the big questions we keep throwing around is, 
you know, is one of the original three going to die? Is it yeah. a reboot or is it more of a sequel? Like, I, I don't yes. know. My head is spinning in a million different directions. I have right no now. idea. Because that's how it was like, because my audition was even called, it's like it was under a fake name. And so I remember just like reading deadline articles about it and it being like, it's Scream 5 and the three are coming back. And I was like, sick, like this is going to be awesome. And then it was a thing where it's like, it's not, it's not a sequel. It's a reimagining. And I was like, well, this could mean anything. Then why are David, Courtney, and Nev coming back? If it's, I have so many questions. I have no, like, I have no theories. I can't even come up with, I've thought about it. And I'm like, no, I, I won't be able to crack this. What about your screen rankings? How would you rank the four movies that we have so far? Ooh. Mine just changed. So I'm very excited to hear your answer. Oh, I'm so excited to hear yours too. I'm very excited. Let's see. Okay, I'm going to go... Man, I don't know, because I really love the second one, too. The scene where they're practicing the play, and it's the like the strobes and the masks, and he appear. I was like, that is a wonderful... That's one of my favorite like horror movie scenes ever. Um, I might go one, two, four, three. But I really love four, and I really love three. I love them all, too. And I think four is super underrated. Like, I love four. So I went to an all-night screen marathon the other Fun. night and seeing them all back to At the, back Did you back go to the Nubev one? I did. I'm so jealous. I couldn't, I was like, I'm so, I couldn't get tickets to it. I was so jealous. I go to bed at grandma hours. I was so nervous about being sleepy in the bed. I was buzzing the entire time. That's but so it did, fun. It did make me realize my yeah. ranking used to be one, two, four, three. Uh -huh. I think I'm now one, four, two, three. Wow. I love, I love two and four so much, but I, I think four just got the edge on two now. Man, I do need to rewatch four. I've only seen four uh, maybe twice, but I haven't seen it in a few years, but I just recently rewatched three or two because David Thompson, who plays um, Ryan Torres at the beginning of 94, he's one of my like best friends and he had never really seen them. And so I've, we've been watching them. Bringing him up is a perfect transition to go to Panic. Great. So, correct me if I'm wrong on this detail, but I believe you filmed Fear Street before Panic. So yes, what's technically, yeah. what is something you were able to achieve on Panic that you might not have been able to if not for your Fear Street experience? Oh, this is a great question. I feel like with, I feel like doing, it was a thing where like Fear Street was um, long because we filmed them all at one time. And so- it definitely was like a, a lesson in like pacing myself and just like, like self-preservation as like a person and an actor so that you could be like healthy enough to go and to like perform for so many hours of the day and like every day of the week. And like Fear Street was so crazy because we filmed more or less like only at nighttime. And so for like months, we just all were like nocturnal and just were awake at the night always. And then like on the weekends, we'd wake up at like three in the afternoon and be like, well, should we see a 7 p.m. movie? Um, and so that was kind of like the the thing of Fear Street. And so, but I, it was it was easier too, because it was all of us all the time. Like rarely were one of us like singled off to do work alone or even in like a pairing. Cause like there were days where Ke Kiana had a little bit more by herself. And then like, there were times where it would be just Kiana and I, or like just Kiana and Benji and I. But with Panic, it filmed for even longer and there was so much that I did by myself. And so I feel like 
it was, I, I feel very lucky that fear shoe went first because I, I learned all those lessons and like what mistakes I made and like taking care of myself that I like didn't necessarily make on panic to where I was able to like sustain my energy for a lot longer. Cause I think if I hadn't done fear shoot first on panic, I would have been like a mess. Cause I would just worked so much and I would work like Saturdays sometimes too. And it was just, it was a crazy schedule. And I'm like, there were times where I was like, Oh, but it's good. Cause I realized that I have to like eat a lot of spinach to be able to like, you know what I mean? Like very, the things that people tell you of like, you need to exercise and stuff. I was like, sure, whatever. I'm on my feet all day. But I was like, no, you do for real. Cause you have to like move your blood around and stuff to stay awake <laughs> and work. It really does make all the difference. It I makes so that much of a hard. difference. I yeah. Yeah. Cause on fear should I feel like there were so many days where I was like, I feel awful. And I was like, well, I've just been watching like the seat, the first season of keeping up with the Kardashians out of boredom. So maybe I shouldn't do that. Maybe I should just like turn off HBO. You know what I mean? Like I saw arachnophobia on HBO, like four times filming fear street. And I was like, I could have been walking the last I mean, three times. Arachnophobia. I know that's the thing. <laughs> I was like, that's the thing. So I usually don't like repeating questions, but I did want to give you one that I gave to Kiana. Oh, yeah. So your side of this. So I know that there was some mixing and matching during mm -hmm. the final chemistry reads for those two roles. So mm -hmm. what is it about, you know, the first moment when you read with Kiana that made you say, like, th like this feels different. Some Something special is happening here and mm -hmm. this feels right. It's so funny. I feel like it was just. It's funny too, because I, uh, our producer, Corey Adelson, who works at Cheerden and she was like there every day with us and became like our best friend. She sent us a picture the other day of us at our screen test. And we look so different. Like it feels like so long ago now, but I don't know. I think, I feel like we did our 94 scene first. I can't remember if we had like a sweet scene. I feel like both of our scenes were really tense, but it was just a thing where it was like, we hadn't even known each other like there was really no way to predict that our screen test would go well because like we met for f 10 minutes before we went in like in a room with a bunch of other people but it was just a thing where I feel like we started acting together and it was just kind of like our acting synced up you know what I mean like it was very emotional to do the scenes with her and um it just like worked well. Like we were able to really, like our timing was working out to where I, I think we did the scene um, under the bleachers from 94 and that's like a real back and forth scene. And it like was real back and forth, like the first time we did it. And I think it was just, I think that's the fun thing about chemistry reads and I'm excited to do them. If I do you, like get into directing and stuff like that, I think it's cool to like just kismetly throw two actors together and it just like work for some reason, which has been fun, you know? I don't even, that's the thing where I'm like, I don't even know what was, was, was great. It just worked really well. She had some really nice things to say about you. I'm like, oh no. I'm like, yeah, I was fine. I don't know. She just highlighted how like you came across strong and very intentional and created Sam in a way that, oh, that's so that nice. made it feel like she was confident holding her space. I believe that's how she put it. But I'm that's like, so yes, kind. that's right. That's and so she kind. Said that quality and Sam's ability to take her time paired with Dina's intensity, just like it mm. felt right. That, that totally makes and sense. Like, that's exactly what I see on screen in the end product. Oh, that's so it. nice. That's so nice. Yeah. I kind of black out when I do screen tests cause I get so nervous. So I'm like, but I do remember like it was a thing with her to where it was like, she made a lot of eye contact with me. And I think that that's something that doesn't 
happen a lot in this in the chemistries that I've done it can be like awkward almost to do a like no matter what the relate with so like romantic or even being friends like it's weird to look at someone you don't know and be like we're best friends remember and I remember like we were able to hold a lot of eye contact during our scenes which I was like this is really cool and she was she's such a confident confident actress and she yeah like I feel like Dina it's kind of the same where it was like Dina when she got to set and was playing Dina like it wasn't too different from the screen test like she already had her so well rounded then during the audition process all right I got a very specific but very very burning question all right dying to ask the right person yes the moment in the hospital when Sam's eating the jello is that a deliberate Jurassic Park reference or is my Jurassic Park brain and obsession just automatically connecting the dots that aren't really there no I think that it was I think that it was because Lee is like a movie lover like she loves movies and I think there are times where she makes references almost um not subconsciously but it's a thing where it's like well, of course you know what I mean like of course if we're putting jello in the scene like it's it, it's only going to be a, a homage to Jurassic Park you know and it's um it's that's why I like love working with her because I'm such a movie nerd and she's such a movie nerd and it was fun always to be like was that from this movie and she'd be like yes and I was like great I knew it I knew it was but yeah it's so funny I saw something some one of my friends was talking to me the other day and they're like there's two Sam parallels to Jurassic Park because there's a scene where what's the girl the little girl's name I can't remember Lex Lex she's running and she's got her arms out and it was like me running at the end that people have also memed where I'm running through the mall with my arms out and so there's like it's <laughs> two there's a 94 Jurassic Park reference and a 1666 94 part two Jurassic Park reference the first thing I'm doing when we hang up is I'm going to look for that because I could picture Lex running to the door with her yes arms with her out. arms out it's so funny. I was like, oh yeah, that's true. I cannot wait to go look at that. Bringing up Lee. Yes. You are very talented all on your own, but having worked with Lee on Fear Street mm -hmm. and also the Panic Pilot, is there any kind of tool in your acting toolkit, so to speak, that you didn't have access to until you worked with Lee as an actor's director? Oh, this is a great question. Yeah, I feel like... And I think it's just a thing too, where like me as a person and then in turn an actor just goes really well with like who she is as a person and in turn a director. Cause it's like, she's very direct about what she wants and she makes it really easy to be like, she gives you like a very direct note. And if you don't understand it, she's like very willing to discuss it with you. And I think that that gave me, um, and she, she's good about like checking in on if things make sense and stuff. And so I think, it was a thing where before like a director would tell me something and I'd be like, got it. You know what I, and I didn't really like, I would just try to, to be like, as respect to the director, like I won't quite, I'll just try to figure this out in my brain. But she really like made the space for everybody to be like, what do you mean? Like, I don't necessarily agree, but like, let's discuss this in like a very quick and respectful way that was very like efficient, which is something that I like appreciate working because I don't like I like like the pace of things going quickly and she's really good at like telling you exactly what she needs and like discussing it with you in like a very like efficient and effective way so I feel like that made me better about like on panic and stuff um like having the space to be like I don't quite understand what you mean you know what I mean like can we talk about this super quick 
because I just need it a little, I just need a little bit more of an explainer and I know I can figure it out, but she's great. She like really taught all of us that that was like something that was okay to do and how to do it in a way that like wasn't so time consuming and like con more constructive than it was like destructive to the project. That was a great answer to that question. It oh, just feels you. like something that's super important to the process that I don't often yeah. hear about. I yeah. That. Thank you. I got the big ending question for you right now. Oh my gosh. I'm sure you've answered this before too, but who do you think took the book? Oh, I always want to say, um, um, I'm um, not Matthew. I'm trying to, it's Matthew Zuck is the actor. Good. Will Good. Oh, his brother. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm like, that seems to logically make sense to me, but I, uh, maybe it could be some, I feel like it's either another cop or it's will good to me because okay. i'm like those two are the ones that seem like logical enough of like who could have access to a crime scene you know what i mean like who would know about the book enough you know what i mean to like who would believe in witchcraft enough to steal a book so to me it seems like will i think like a good could be a very real possibility yeah Kiana has put me down the path of thinking it's ziggy so that's what oh. I'm obsessed with right now. But then in the ladies night episode with, we did with Kiana, someone popped in the comments and gave this suggestion. And like, if this person didn't nail it, this is a very real possibility that should be explored. I'll give yeah. them credit. It's Sun Sunset said that, so Nurse Lane got the book back from Ziggy. Ziggy gave it to her. So then she could use that book to find the cave and find mm. like, like the actual, uh, you know, simple exchange yeah. book. And then she could get revenge for having yeah. lost her daughter. Oh man. Both of those and are Maybe good. they're even working together. Yeah. Cause that's the thing. I'm not super creative. That's why I'm not interested in writing. Cause I'm like Ziggy or Nurse Lane is really interesting. Cause yeah, she knows about, especially too, cause of the seventies. And also I've looked at people saying, which is kind of something we talked about to where it's like our characters are like in the 1600s that we're, we're in like a weird cycle to where they're kind we're all like kind of experiencing everything at the same time. Do you know what I mean? Like a weird metaphysical thing. So I'm like, if Nurse Lane has some weird intuitive knowledge of the widow in 1666, she would know about the book. I feel like we're on to something. I feel like we are too. I feel like we are too. I'm going to put you in a spot right now where you have to be creative. Okay. We're going to play another game. Okay. It's called My Movie, My Way. Okay. I'm going to give you an opportunity to remake the horror movie of your choice. So first question is obviously you get the opportunity to remake, reboot, continue the, the series in the horror movie franchise of your choice. What movie do you pick? Oh, man. I, oh, uh, man. Maybe Nightmare on Elm Street. That's one that I really love. I'm a big, big Wes Craven fan. And I, yeah, I'm like, if they're doing Scream, I think they're going to do it really well. I would love to see a Nightmare on Elm Street um, something. But also I love like I, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. I don't know. I don't know. This is hard. I would, I love the original Fright Night. And they've remade a Fright Night, which I've heard is like pretty good. And I think it'd be fun to make another Fright Night. All right. So we've got three options. Here. Yeah, we got three options. We've got to narrow it down. This might be the way to narrow it down. If you could pick a role to play in any of those remakes, mm -hmm. what character would it, would it be? Oh, let's go with Nightmare on Elm Street. I was like, Nightmare on Elm Street would be good. I would love to play like a dream warrior. 
because I love the third movie and I love like the group dynamic and the, the teamwork element of it, which I thought was like in Fear Street, I was like, it's almost like we're dream warriors because there's a group of us. But that I, I would love to pop in and, and be a, a, a dream warrior of some kind. Okay, so th- this is perfect to, to follow that up. Okay. You get to take three Fear Street co-stars with you <gasps> to your new Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Who are you taking and who are they playing? Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. Now I love them all equally. Oh, man. Oh. You're going to be making many more movies. Yeah. So you can loop them into other remakes. That's true. That's true. <laughs> okay, I'll put, I'll put Fred in there because he knows everything about movies so i feel like he'd be a good addition to the movies and then i'll put maybe i'll put mccabe in there for strength because he's the only one of us that could probably ever physically fight something well you know what i mean he's so tall that he could do it and he's he's great at rallying a team together in real life so i feel like he'd be good at rallying a a weird supernatural team together and then uh, i would love to put um, Ashley Zuckerman in it because Ash in real life is so evil in the movies and so wonderful of a human being in real life. And I would love to give him a chance to show off that side of himself because he's truly one of our, fa- he was like our, all of our big brother on the movie. And we're like, it's so crazy that you're so evil in the movies because you're so goofy in real life and you hang out with us all the time and you're like an adult man and we're like a bunch of kids, you know, but he's he was so great. Good. Yeah. All right. This is the most creative question of the bunch. So brace yourself. Okay. You know, you know, when we remake classics, mm-hmm. we get sensitive. You know, you don't want to remake it without yeah. justifying a remake. And you got to do something different. So yes. what is the big creative swing you're taking with your Nightmare on Elm Street movie? The thing to separate it from all the other ones that exist. I was going to say have Freddy Krueger fight something, but they've already kind of done that with Freddy versus Jason. Mm-hmm. Maybe have it be like a weird where they get like stuck in a dream state. Maybe it's Nightmare on Elm Street coma and they're in a dream permanently and they can't leave no matter how hard they try. I think you, yeah, maybe you could play with like the, you could do like an, a weird interdimensional travel thing with it. I'm into this. Yeah. I'm feeling this. I was like, we're kind of on the verge of it already. And maybe we just push it all the way there. All right. I've already kept you too long, but if you have oh, two more Oh, it's totally minutes, fine. Okay, cool. Yes. I was right, like, so- I've loved, this has been so fun. I'm glad you're enjoying. Thank we you. We always end ladies night with the same two questions. The first okay. one is, can you name someone who you think is changing this industry for the better? Oh my gosh. This is a great question. I don't know. I feel like we're at a, at a, a, a precipice in time where there's a lot more female directors. It's a thing where it's like, I, I'm a huge, huge Catherine Bigelow fan. And it's insane that like Chloe Zhao is the only other woman to have won best picture in history. And they're the only two. And I think like, she's someone that's making a big debt. Like the fact that she's helming like the next like league of, of Marvel movie, like the next phase of Marvel is like so huge. And I think like they're, they're doing a lot to bring in female directors and give them like huge properties. Um, and just, yeah, like give them so much space on in like in film and content to direct things. And yeah, I think that's something that's been very cool to watch. I feel like it's starting to actually get, I feel like there's been like talk of it for years and now it's actually starting to actually get like integrated into filmmaking. And that's been something that's been so cool to watch as like a girl that grew up watching movies and not, you know what I mean? Like movies never being made by 
women and now like I I'm starting to make movies and they're getting made by women more it's just very cool and like yeah seeing like not to be like it's Lee but like like seeing Lee direct like a whole trilogy and being like so detailed and specific with it was like a huge um thing to like be on set with her and like see her like actually like be such a badass and like rock at directing an entire trilogy of films and having written them and stuff was so cool. And I feel like that's starting to happen so much more. And it's really, really cool. I could not agree with that more. Mm -hmm. All right. This last one is a deep one. You can take it in a lighter direction if you okay. prefer, but what is the biggest fear that you've ever had that you've actually managed to overcome? Oh, this is a good question. It might not be in a light direction because all of my like phobias of like snakes and, and the deep sea and stuff, um i'll never overcome those you know what i mean the deep sea is ever changing equals my fear of bees <laughs> you have a fear of bees never going anywhere yeah and bees are good like we need bees yes. in the world and i've been stung i'm not allergic why am i afraid of them i don't know yeah because you're like Ugh. you know you're like i'm not gonna kill you but please stay away a little like fine needle around you who wants that <laughs> yeah it's like an ever-impending threat at any point you get stung by a bee i get it i feel like I've gotten less afraid of spiders, so that's good. I feel like I'm not freaking out. As I lived in an apartment that was like ruled by spiders, and I was like, "This is, this is, this is um, um immersion therapy." Like there are spiders everywhere, every day, at every corner of my home, because the area I lived in was like very overrun by spiders. I didn't understand, but all my neighbors were like, "Yeah, that's just how it is here." So I lived in an apartment with a lot of spiders. And I just kind of got used to it. There'd be days where I'd see one on the wall and I'd be like, if you don't go anywhere, I won't touch you. So I feel like that got better as I lived there. I'm very, very impressed by that. I'm, st I'm still a little bit of a babe because like, I also don't want to kill the bug. Yeah. I'm kind of afraid of it. So there's this whole like dance where I'm yeah. trying to justify trying to like cup it and take it outside, yeah. which just puts me closer to it. Yeah. The spiders, I was like, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm just not going to bother you you're not going away. There will just be more of you tomorrow. So I just let him live. All right. Well, I hope you're in a, you're in a spider-free home right now and can sleep easy. Okay. Thank you so much for hanging out with us on Collider Ladies Night. Thank you. Night. This was and so I've fun. I've said this a lot already, but congratulations. And thank you for Fear Street. It is such a bright thank spot you. for me in 2021. And I thank know the you. same is true for many out there. So yeah, me big too. thanks to you and the team for making these excellent movies. And I can't wait to catch up with you for future things. Yes, me too. This was that, so fun. I got some very high hopes. Oh, thank you so much. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. 